break if you have the opportunity. So the big idea today is just what's in the water of Reservoir Church? Who are we as a body of believers in Jesus? And our values are that we are rescued by Jesus, formed into family for the renewal of others and all things. And we find ourselves in a really contentious time on the calendar in our world, and maybe you've even experienced some strife in marital relationships or in your communities. There are warring parties that have taken their stance, and those that are opposite their position are evil or just plain curmudgeonly people, right? And it all comes down to this at this time of year, to tinsel or not to tinsel, right? Is it too early to decorate for Christmas? I'm getting some head nods, yes. And sure, you say that when Stacy's in the other room. She decorated on Halloween, so. But, so we may struggle with that. When is it time? And we can decorate for Christmas here, too. Are we got any Christmas decorations? Who's in charge of that? Melanie. She doesn't want to do it. She's busy. I'm a grandma this year, she says. I'm not doing it. Um, but anyway, the liturgical calendar faces that same type of pressure Uh, when we get to this time of year. And if we do Advent correctly as it's meant to be approached, it can be um, fairly heavy in the longing and desperation for the arrival of our Savior. And so it's probably too soon on a 90-degree Sunday to start Advent. So we're going to wait a week, and we'll start it next week, a week early. Uh, So I decided today just to do a little break in our normal routine and calendar and just spend some time talking about us, who we are as a people. And this year, our broader leadership team, uh, along with the elders, helped define some key values that uh, we want to live by for us as a church. And while these things have certainly been sprinkled in sermons and throughout our teaching and communication over the year and even before because they've been around for a while we want to share today and highlight what they are as we start to ramp up into this new season of life and as a church and to this end we're going to anchor ourselves in scripture this morning so we're going to look at second corinthians chapter 5 verses 16 through 21 so here the word of the lord as paul writes to the corinthian church From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Good and holy God, we thank you for your word and for the expression of your purpose of reconciliation by the work of Christ for us and for those 
that would meet you through us as we make your appeal. We call others to be reconciled to you. Lord, as we take a a side trip down the lane of our values as a church, we desire for nothing more than for you to be glorified as we talk about those things you've revealed to us that we should be about as a people. So have your way today and in our hearts, Holy Spirit, where there are places that you have been preparing us for ministry or service, would you just unlock those things in our minds and hearts today that we would be prepared and equipped to step into those things for the glory of Christ and the good of his church. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are rescued by Jesus, formed into family for the renewal of others and all things. And as we progress through this this morning, describing and buying into the values of Reservoir Church, I want you to know that I'm assuming the importance of the church all throughout the conversation today. I'm assuming that you also believe that the church, with its warts and all, is vital for discipleship in the mission Jesus gave to his followers. So it's kind of our, our starting point that all the things that we talked about in our series back in May, the Body Life series, that the church is led, is honest, is different, is formed and gathered, that those things are true and we value them. And some of us may need more convincing given our personal experience with the church, but bear with me and at the very least this morning to see the value of church, the local expression of the kingdom and body of Christ. You can say with the author of Hebrews that we talked about back in May in Hebrews 10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through his flesh. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but rather encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching what we're to be about, a people that gather, that are confident in the finished work of Christ and that spur each other on to the work that Jesus has called us to. So that's just the assumption that we want to build from this morning. But to lay the foundation for our values, I want to begin with the history of who we are as a church. This reservoir is a 25-year-old church, despite our current appearances. And we have, and if you want to know what it was like in those first days, Chris and Bill Dietrich were there. And so we have founding members of the church that are still part of our church. They're the only ones. Um, so there's something about you. Stubborn, maybe. That's what it is in a good gospel way. Right? But planted in 1996 is Grace Church out of a mother church in Pasadena, And over the years, as a church, we've had 3.5 lead pastors. And the half was just a weird season where a couple people changed roles 
to make budget. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. So even some others remember that long ago. And so I'm the, the third full lead pastor, and I don't plan on changing anytime soon. But we've been, as in the history of Grace Church and Reservoir Church, ascending church. We have launched out in the 25 years a number of young pastors to the furthest reaches. Then they are still today faithful in ministry. And in 2012, as a church, we planted Grace Church East County in La Mesa. But shortly after that, after separating from a church network, there was an increasing sense of uncertainty in Grace Church. The doctrinal distinctive still remained, right? We are a church that was embracing the doctrines of grace and the continuing work of the Holy Spirit in our day. Yet leaders of the church that were torn over direction eventually all left and departed from the church. And in 2014, the body bruised and weary called a new pastor. And we actually get to celebrate seven years this week of moving to California. And so we're going to celebrate that by driving back to Oregon for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Don't read anything into that. It's just a free meal we're going for. (laughs) But those who remain, some of you remember those days. We set out to right the ship as best we could. We called new elders. We adopted a new book of church order. And eventually we claimed a new identity and became Reservoir Church. It was just from a heart of desiring to be a body that is used by the Lord to quench the thirst of our city, to be filled and flowing, bringing life as we have found it in Christ. And along the way, many of you have joined in bringing your own bruises from your church experience. And together we have endeavored over these years to keep the grace of Jesus ever before us and then live from his finished work Uh, among us, come what may. And so now what's in the water? What are we about as a body of believers? And what are our priorities as a church? There are three things that we want to rally around and that we want to use to shape how we make decisions, how we do ministry and what we give attention to. And they are not exhaustive or even restrictive as values, but for us, they're meant to be formational. They are Jesus, family, and renewal. We are rescued by Jesus, formed into family for the renewal of others in all things. We start where we stay with Jesus. We are rescued by Jesus. Now, as a church, we are determined to be gospel-centered or Jesus-centered in all that we do because we are a people who know who our king is and we will not budge from worshiping him. This is our non-negotiable value as a church. And so we constantly want to bring the gospel to bear in the life of the church without ceasing. But it's not just a truncated gospel that speaks only of sin and salvation, but instead a full biblical view of the gospel. Some would describe it a four-chapter gospel of creation, fall, redemption, and renewal. One writer describes it this way. He says, God created the world and decided it and declared it is good. And it brought God pleasure. I was reading this morning that Psalm 103 
He describes why God made certain things. And he essentially says he created Leviathan just for its own joy. That Leviathan would swim around the ocean and be excited. That's how intentional God is at creation. But then the world was broken through the fall. We became flawed and sinful people. And that is the fall for us. And we recognize that in our own hearts as much as we do in the world. And then Jesus came to save us and make us right with God. And in that redemption, he enlists us for God's work, which is renewal. God is actively working to make all things new again. His work will culminate then in the arrival of the new heavens and new earth as described for us in John's vision in Revelation. So the creative voice, the redeeming Savior, the reigning Lord, Jesus, and this is us having him as our rule of life, as we talked about last week. Everything flows from Christ. The most important thing about us is our salvation, our rescue, the righteousness we gain by being in Jesus. See here in verse 21 of our text, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We just rejoice over that truth that the sinless one died so that we could sin less and live in him. Without this rescue, without conversion or belief in Christ, there is no church to be part of. Is that vitally important? If Jesus has not died for our sins and been raised on the third day, there is no more hope to be found inside the church than outside of the church. Colin Hansen in this book, Rediscover Church, says, Apart from faith in Jesus, we stand condemned in our sin, alienated from God. But through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, we can receive forgiveness for our sins when we repent or turn away from them. Because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we can enjoy peace and fellowship forever with the God who is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we talk of a rescue that changes Everything that is forgiveness and then fuel for all of life. And it produces something. Paul will say in the letter to the Corinthian church, Therefore, if anyone is in, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. So as those rescued, we are made new, given new purpose, new passion, and new people to be part of. One pastor says, what is a church? It's a group of people who know they've been loved by Christ and have begun to love one another like that. The truth is, this rescue doesn't leave us as we are. It actually forms us, and the result is family. So we're formed into family, and this represents our embrace as a church of the kingdom reality of community. Paul says, from now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. We are no longer defined by the old ways of differentiating among people. 
I like the imagery that Peter gives to this truth in 1 Peter 2. He says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A little further down, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's the truth that those that are rescued by Jesus are made into a people. They become citizens of his kingdom with all the relationships that that entails. And we use the word family at Reservoir Church just to describe this reality because we want to set apart that distinctive relationship we have with one another from trite membership in a club where mere interest or similarity bring people together. We're actually formed into family. We are in Christ, formed into the strongest relational unit for a group of people solely because we belong to Jesus. Jesus modeled this, and it's one of his more offensive declarations when some outsiders try to get him to stop teaching. It happens that his mother and brothers are outside saying, stop being so crazy, little brother or older brother, right? Then in Matthew 12, he replied to the one who was speaking and he said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward the disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of the father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That's a strong statement from Jesus in a society where family is like ultimate, like it's vitally Important, And we have to recognize this is not a rejection of our biological or adoptive families, but it's a prioritization as a witness before the watching world of those that also claim Christ. That Jesus brings together people who wouldn't have been natural friends or allies and gives them a mission together. We'd be a group of different serving, encouraging one, one another in love and you know i hold this one to be vitally important for us that we essentially show the colors of the kingdom that we would be a diverse group of people solely together because we cling to christ and his finished work for us better late than never i love you brother don't worry i know him it's okay aaron come on So what was I saying? We're a beautiful people that are different, formed into family because we've been rescued by Jesus. I thought about this week at one of the men's Bible studies, Dave Hansen was mentioning that he he was describing the reality of church. And he said, you know, I have family. It's not your family, your in-laws. You have in-laws, so let's talk bad about in-laws. Not really. He said, I have in-laws that live in town, but I see them a couple times a year. But you guys I see three times a week. There was water polo this week, so Dave got to see me four times a week. So we're together. We're in community. And we only, at least three of the times of the week, we get together to talk about Jesus. How he's transforming us, what he's doing in our hearts, and how he's using us to declare his goodness to 
others. That's what it means to be part of the family of the church. It's not just momentary or brief acquaintanceship. It's family relationships. And it's the plan of Christ for his people. Jonathan Lehman in that book, Rediscover Church, says, The body is a fellowship of difference. We are not alike and we need each other. We have not been gifted in the same way and that's how God intended it for our good. We confess the same belief in Jesus Christ, but we enjoy a diversity of experience. And it's not always comfortable when you get together with people that have different political views or medical views, schooling views, whatever our big things are. But when we are centered on Jesus, it is always good for us. A place and a people to call home. Because it's true that God does not invite us to church because it's a comfortable place to find a bit of spiritual encouragement. No, he invites us into a spiritual family of misfits and outcasts. And he welcomes us into a home that is rarely what we want, yet is just what we need. And In a family, you are known. And as Reservoir, it, this season of the church, we are small and hopefully we're relatable as a people and accessible to one another. The pastor does not keep a schedule that is, has blocks where you cannot have a coffee with him or you can't um, interact with me or with Scott or our other leaders. And we're going to strive to maintain these things, even if the Lord should grow us as a church. Our posture wants to be to maintain the family relationships that are a key value for us as a body. We're rescued by Jesus, formed into family. And it's a family with a purpose. You heard it from First Peter. He says, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And from Paul, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. This gets us to renewal. We exist for the renewal of others and all things. As those rescued, as family, we long for others to experience reconciliation to God in Christ. And Paul says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God making his appeal through us. What a privileged role that is for us to invite people to meet Jesus and experience real life in him, to experience renewal and transformation in him. So we value others finding rescue in Jesus and we're motivated by that desire to see them, to share our rescue with our neighbors, whoever they might be, that they too could be a new creation. But at the same time, we also just want to be a light as he's described the church. This is from Jesus again. He says, you are the light of the world in Matthew 5. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. And being a light is often bigger than we once thought because 
It's part of his cosmic plan. Ephesians 3, as Paul writes to the church that he loves, as he's praying for them, he says, This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. Like... Do you get the the significance of that? Through the church, the heavenly realms will realize the mystery of the grace of God. But then he goes on. This is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. The church is his eternal purpose to reveal the mystery of his grace, to bring about the renewal that he has declared and promised is coming through the grace of Christ. We see it in John's vision in Revelation, Revelation 21. And John says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne and look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And he also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. The destination is the new things, all things, not destroyed. He doesn't say I'm making all new things, but I'm making all things new. I'm renewing. I'm bringing to bear the new creation that my finished work has promised. And our rescue, our new family, all of it points here to this renewal. Because in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, Paul said. And as kingdom ambassadors, we want to be in on that work. We don't want to just, oh, yep, I'm saved, I'm good. I've got my ticket to heaven, and I'm going to watch football on Sundays, or golf, or whatever it is people do on Sundays. I have no idea, because I'm always here. And I love it. I want you to love it too. We want to be in on this reconciliation ministry that Christ has called us to. And the church family essentially then becomes what we describe as a creative minority bringing the peace of Christ into our neighborhoods. Many of you have studied that little book from John Tyson. And he says this about a creative minority. He says a creative minority is a Christian community in a web of stubbornly loyal relationships knotted together in a living network of persons who are committed to practicing the way of Jesus together for the renewal of the world, seeking neither to control nor abandon the world, but to love it to new life through redemptive participation. Living for the renewal of others in all things inclines us to not accept the status quo of the world as it is. And instead, through tangible actions, to step into the brokenness of the world and begin to release this prophetic imagination about what life can actually be in Christ. How this is expressed among us currently as a church is our emphasis on ministry for the invisible and forgotten people in our community. And we begin with those that have disabilities and their families. 
Think about Buddy Break and our disability ministry and just attempting to give exhausted families rest and encouragement that they might meet Jesus, caring for the least, for the glory of Christ and just the good of our neighbors. It's what we're to be about. And oh, that we would do that all the more. It also means that we desire then to equip each of you as individuals to see your vocation and location as the place you are meant to be a redemptive influence. Because you, you thought you bought the house where you did because it was a good deal. Or it's a good school district. Or it was close to the freeway. But God had a plan for where he puts you on purpose that you would be a redemptive influence in that place. That you'd minister to other kids in the complex. That you would serve the old lady that's your neighbor. That you would be a witness as you disciple young people that come and go from your house. That we bring peace that we have in Christ into our workplaces, our hobbies, our streets, our schools, or our cohorts. All that others would find rescue in Jesus, be formed into family, and live for the renewal of others and all things. And the truth is, a reservoir is only valuable when it is filled and flowing. As a church, may we receive from the Lord so that we can be poured out for others and for his glory. Now, if this is your family, if reservoir is your church, the application is super simple. Just show up and serve. And maybe it's going to be in new ways. I don't know how the Lord is going to raise up leaders to do specific new work among us, but maybe it's time for us to invest our energy and time in our small group to make sure that that community happens on a a more regular basis. Or maybe some of us in our groups were to inject some difference. We're to find our brothers and sisters that have different perspectives on things, our different experience that we could refine each other or hear other voices among us. For some of us, that just means we're going to attend a prayer meeting. You know, the old saying is, you want to know how popular a church is? Go on Sunday morning. You want to know how popular the pastor is? Go on Sunday night. If you want to know how popular God is, go to the prayer meeting. We want to be a praying church that prays together. Maybe it's going to be you just determining to disciple a teen as they go through difficulty of life. They want to talk about things of faith, but they've heard everything their parents have to say, so they want to hear what you have to say about trusting Jesus in all things. Maybe it's just bringing a meal to another family. If you're looking for a family, I'll take it. (laughs) Maybe it's hosting a station at Buddy Breaks Christmas Fair this year. Taking just an afternoon to bless families that are living through difficulty. Maybe for the first time you'll start giving to the ministry of the church. Maybe you'll become a member. I've got membership forms right here, Gil and Tiff. We're ready. I'm running out of people to pressure. See you back there, cute bald-headed dude. What else? Start a Bible study. Attend a Bible study. Be an influence for renewal that is only found in Jesus. So I don't know specifically. And here's the interesting thing about the diversity of the church. The Spirit gifts us as he pleases for the glory of Christ and the good of the church. I don't know all the ways he's going to gift each of you to lead or to serve for the glory of Christ. But you probably know what the Spirit is telling you you're supposed to do. 
And as elders, we want to empower you in that and release you to do that. So let's talk about it. But don't keep sitting on your hands. Look, it's not going to get easier when you have the third kid. It's not going to get easier when the kids are in high school. Just do it now and the Spirit will empower you for the work. That's a glorious thing. He doesn't call us to something that he doesn't equip us for. That's a whole nother sermon. But just feel released in that to have conversations about it. We are reservoir. We are rescued by Jesus, formed into family for the renewal of others in all things. So I had an application for those that are part of Reservoir Church. And if you're not part of Reservoir Church, why the heck not? I cannot think of a better group of people. The pastor? Eh. But you are amazing, gracious people. And some of y'all have been through the thick of it. You've been through difficulty. Some of you are going through difficulty now. And your continued faithfulness to the Lord is astoundingly beautiful. We just want to show the world that reality. We want them to sense the fragrance of Christ among us that they too could find rescue in Jesus. That's what's in the water. Drink up. Because we've been rescued by Jesus, our future is incredibly bright and all the more glorious when we join in this ministry of reconciliation. Let's go. Will you pray with me? Lord, we love you. What a, what a weird sermon to talk about what our values are as a church. But thankfully, Jesus, you are our cornerstone value. Your rescue, your grace toward us, your empowerment by your spirit for us in the work that you've called us to. We thank you for these things. And Lord, as Scott and I and other leaders, Bill and John and others have prayed, we just sense that you're preparing us to use us for your glory in different ways. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would make clear to those that are part of Reservoir Church the ways in which you're calling them to serve, to lead, to step out in different ways, in love of neighbor and in love of the family of the church, that the name of Jesus would be proclaimed. To the praise of your glory, that you'd use us for renewal, that things would be made new through our redemptive work in you. Lord, for those that are here that have not experienced yet the rescue of Jesus, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would regenerate their hearts in this very moment, that they would believe and receive the grace of Christ for all of life, the covering of their sin, the forgiveness that their souls long for. They would be formed into family for renewal of others in all things. Lord, be glorified among this people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.